It's time for episode 419 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, October 6th, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that never has downtime. My name is Dan Morin, and I am joined across the internet by my good friend, my pal, my one and only dungeon buddy, it's Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I am doing well, and I'm very proud of the fact that uh, DNS records and whatever else it is don't end up uh, messing with our ability to do our show uh, each week. So yes, we we do try to avoid that. I think, what is it, four nines of durability we have here at Clockwise? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I, I can swipe in with my badge, even though uh, you know some systems might be down. Like, everything's very <laughs> redundant. Very sweet. Uh, and of course, this is the show where we invite on two fantastic guests to talk about four tech topics with us. To my left this week, it's a senior editor of consumer technology at Gizmodo and formerly one of my colleagues over at Macworld. It's Caitlin McGarry. Welcome back, Caitlin. Hello. Thanks for having me. And to my left, it is the co-founder and CEO of um, some audio applications that many of us use. Yes, it's Rogue Amoeba's own Paul Kafasis. Welcome back, Paul. Hi there. Good to be here. All right. I'm going to kick things off. My question for you is, what is your approach to dealing with that dreaded thing, paper documents? If you get stuff that you need to have, do you scan it? Do you file it? Do you try to avoid getting any paper documents in the first place? I kind of want to know what your technological approach to dealing with that old analog paper is, Caitlin. Okay. It's a combination of all of the above. Um, I have tried to go entirely paperless in any way that I can. Um, but when I do inevitably get some paper, um, I immediately shred it. I just, I just don't even look at it. I just throw it in the shredder. (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) Whatever it is, it can be shredded. Um, I'm only slightly kidding about that. Uh, but yes. And anything else that's like actually important, like I think I have my birth certificate, so that's promising. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, that I do have a, a slight filing system, but completely paperless and then shred is absolutely the way to go for me i am looking around now at a couple of stacks of paper i have here (laughs) in my office and then i remember the stacks that i have in some other places i would love to be a paperless person i have um a great sort of portable document scanner that uh i remember i remember a time when i was so committed to it um you know such a such a a new upstart and uh just you know stars in my eyes kind of situation and i thought i would uh go paperless with everything and then i realized how boring and annoying it was <laughs> to wait for the thing to scan. And then if it didn't scan right, you had to pop it in again to scan and then you had to turn it this way. So I um, would love to be paperless. But uh, what ends up happening is I just have a filing cabinet that has um, my different documents that are paper in them. Uh, but what doesn't get saved uh, either goes directly into recycling, you know, the the stuff that a mail person puts into your mailbox that you don't want, that goes directly into recycling. And then the things that I do want, I um, simply 
drop them into uh, or the things that I don't want, but I don't want others to be able to have access to. Those go in the shredder. Uh, what about you, Paul? Uh, I'm following the same path that Caitlin is. I, I Anything yes. that I can get uh, digitally, I want digitally. I want a PDF. I don't want to have a physical copy of anything. And uh, I I do take a look at the things that come in the mail because every once in a while there's a there's a rebate check or uh, you know a lawsuit uh, like a class action lawsuit for forty seven cents. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I, I uh, the the big tool I found recently, relatively recently, is uh, Adobe Scan, which is an iOS app. I've been scanning stuff with my phone for a couple of years now, but the Adobe Scan app actually does OCR and embeds that in the PDF. So that's really nice that the more the more recent PDFs that I have are all pretty searchable. Uh, and then I have a fairly decent digital filing system uh, that if it were a physical filing system would be a nightmare because there'd be <laughs> hundreds or thousands of documents in, you know, a giant metal uh, drawer system. But when it's digital, it's all in one little folder that uh, I search or I never look at. And it's great. So, yeah, I definitely have gotten as much as I can digitally and, and it doesn't really take up very much space. Yeah, well, so I ask in, in large part because uh, having moved recently, uh, we got to the point where it's like, you know, I was going to, you know, go through all those documents in my office that have been sitting in boxes for a while and weed them out before I moved them so I didn't have to move all those documents. And of course, we ran out of time and got to the point where it's just throw everything in a box and carry it. Um, and so I have a couple boxes worth of documents that I need to go through. And it's like, well, I want to keep records of some of these, but I don't want paper copies as much as possible. So I invested in a scan snap which a lot of people had recommended as a, a good scanner and, and i'm very impressed with what it can do um compared to a lot of like the other scanners i used to use because it's like a document feed scanner so you can like stick in like 50 pages and it'll just go like zoop 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 and it goes incredibly fast and it does do some of the ocr stuff as well so you can make it searchable so that's my new project is sort of uh, getting all of my existing paper stuff for as much as possible converted to digital. And I, I like like Caitlin and Paul, I, I try to go paperless as much as possible. Occasionally with mixed results for a while, my healthcare insurance was like ignored all my paperless stuff and would just send me <laughs> literally like six envelopes every week. And I'm like, please oh but stop but sending this But did they also send you the mailings that said, hey, you can switch to paperless? <laughs> no, but I had already signed up. I had to like call them and be like, what is happening? Uh, I swear you started sending me more. Um, the only thing I need is the uh, attachment that goes. So once I've scanned stuff that just that goes immediately into the shredder. That's what I want. Wow. I want system. That's, that's cool. Yes. Uh, thank you all for your thoughts on that topic. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from Caitlin. Yeah, so this week the news is uh, Facebook continues to be terrible. Um, I'm not sure if you have all been Blah. tuning into the hearings. Um, I'm, I'm not sure there's really anything new there. We all pretty much have already suspected or confirmed long ago that Facebook is the absolute worst. Um, <laughs> but I think people are now taking it more seriously, it seems, uh, at least because it's affecting kids more than I think anyone really considered. But I was wondering, you know, obviously – if you don't use Facebook, you probably use a Facebook app like Instagram or WhatsApp. So I was wondering if any of you are sort of reconsidering that now. I'm like, do you actually think Facebook might not of its own volition, but in general, uh, change the way it operates because of all this pressure? Or is this just business as usual? This is just how we have to deal with Facebook now. I'm curious. <sighs> this is a hard one because there's a part of me that believes whenever um, these these sort of 
these hearings happen where the company says, you know, we're open to regulation, we're open to doing this, that I am going, yeah, I actually think that they could um, sort of bow to some regulation. But ultimately, I think that the company is so concerned with just growth, 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 and, you know, being following that original uh, goal that that Zuckerberg put forth that I think there is a certain poison in the well (laughs) that uh, I don't know if it's possible that the company will truly change anything um, and, and that it's not just on the face of it. So, yeah, as far as whether it means I'll continue to use apps like Instagram. Um, <laughs> that's something that I have not sort of, you know, reconciled with in quite some time. Um, because I, I don't use Instagram a whole lot <laughs> in the first place. And uh, occasionally when I do, that's whenever I get that reminder that it's owned by Facebook. But um, I could see a world in which I just completely give up on uh, Facebook's products and uh, entirely, including Instagram, WhatsApp. Um, I think the one thing is that I have made a hardware investment, unfortunately, in Facebook uh, by my purchase of an Oculus Quest 2 whenever that came out. Mm-hmm. So that part's a kind of a big bummer. Paul, what about you? Well, it's interesting because I can't recall the last time I logged into Facebook, facebook.com. I, I don't know that I've ever had the app on my phone, but I use Instagram. Uh, Oculus is interesting. I don't have one, but it's it's interesting at least. And it's it's something where the companies that they have purchased, Instagram, Oculus, there's others, but uh, are are of interest and and something that I would like to be able to continue using without feeling guilty all the time. But I have no interest in Facebook itself, so I'm I'm sort of fine avoiding that completely. But I do have to sort of think about, uh, you know, how much do I want to support them via using Instagram and things like that. Uh, I certainly wish that was still an independent company, and I could I could just use it without having a guilty conscience. But I don't know that I see anything changing. Uh, I, I, Caitlin, I think you said that this this is a lot more of the same. And uh, for people in tech like us, we've been seeing Facebook just committing bad behavior for years. And uh, it, it, I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see if anything changes and if, if they become less awful, but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the part of this problem is a, is a much larger problem, and uh, that's not to abrogate responsibility for it, but it's a societal issue, especially within the U.S., where the system that we've created prioritizes things like shareholder value and growth over everything. And so you end up with companies like Facebook, which are just like, let's see how fast we can print money and let's ignore basically anything that will stop us from doing that. So short of government regulation, I don't expect anything to change. And given how dysfunctional our government is currently, I'm not super optimistic about that either. Um, but I do think there is a, a larger issue that needs to be looked at here in terms of uh, the fact that we do focus so much on shareholder value uh, in terms of like to the point of the fiduciary responsibility of these companies in order to make them as much money as possible for their shareholders, right? That, that encourages cutting corners. It encourages bad behavior because the answer is if you can make a profit at it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, There isn't really a downside to it. Even when Facebook gets fined, it's a portion of, you know, a small tiny drop in the bucket of what they make every year. So 
Personally, I am not a big Facebook user. I have had a Facebook account for a long time, but I I only rarely check it. Um, I've never had the app on my phone. I do use Instagram. Um, I like Paul. I, I would like to be able to enjoy that without feeling guilty about it. But I think they're also uh, helping me out by making it less and less appealing as time goes by. It's just gotten worse as a product. And perhaps that's the ultimate end thing here is... Facebook has bought all these interesting companies, as Paul pointed out, and I think that's in large part because they realized that their main bread and butter service, it has a shelf life on it in the sense that it may not be something that happens immediately, but it's focused very much on an older audience, and the younger audiences are, are very variable in terms of where they're going for their social media fix. So uh, I think they realize that's not a long-term strategy for them, and that's why they acquire all these other companies. And maybe that's the ultimate answer is eventually Facebook will just die, but that doesn't mean that whatever takes its place will be better, unfortunately. Caitlin, why don't you wrap us up here? Yeah, I think uh, Facebook's dream would be to acquire TikTok and just completely dominate everything. But uh, due to antitrust issues, I highly doubt that will ever happen, which is good because um, at least in terms of, you know, where kids are going, like my uh, preteen nieces and nephews have no interest in Facebook. They barely Mm -hmm. use Instagram. I think they have accounts, but they never post. And I, I think, yeah, like you were saying, Dan, I think Facebook and its apps are just going to be less interesting to people, especially because they keep comparing themselves to, you know, a utility. And I think the argument could be made that they're more like the tobacco companies that uh, definitely have, they haven't gone away, but they're nowhere near as, you know, ubiquitous as they used to be. So I don't know, hopefully some mix of regulation and just public disinterest will will shove Facebook down a little bit. All right, that's two topics down, two topics left, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise. And uh, to tell you about this week's sponsor, I'm going to turn it over to Micah. Yes, I am always honored to tell you folks about Text Expander from our pals at Smile. I have some, I have some questions for you. Do you ever type the same thing over and over and over again? Well, whether it's customer support answers, sales emails, document edits, or any number of uh, repetitive bits of text, typing things repetitively or using copy and paste, can be a burden. That's where Text Expander comes in. With Text Expander, you and your team can keep your message consistent, save time and be more productive, and be accurate every time. The way we work is changing rapidly. You can make work happen wherever you are by saying more in less time and with less effort using Text Expander. I've talked before about Text Expander. I think the important thing is is to get this app and use it because once you do, you'll kind of have this moment of understanding where suddenly everything can be so much easier. I use Text Expander every day for small little tasks that I complete, uh, for, for, for larger tasks, for everything in between. It can do form filling. It can do uh, all sorts of, of um, text shortcuts. I uh, for, for my work, I have to sometimes retype phrases over and over again, except I don't have to retype phrases because Text Expander does it for me. It makes my day so much easier. And anytime I have to start up a new computer or or uh, reinstall things, I always notice when Text Expander isn't there yet because I am typing in my little snippets and 
text isn't popping up and I go, oh no, I've got to get that set up. I love it. As a listener of Clockwise, you out there can get 20% off your first year. You just visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. That's textexpander.com slash podcast. Seriously, go there and give it a try. I have a feeling you're going to fall in love. Our thanks to Text Expander from Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, we are back from break, which means it is time for my topic. All right, surprise, you have been forced to invite a single purpose robot into your home. Good news is you get to pick its single purpose. What task does your robot perform? And uh, I've noted to the, the panelists here that it cannot be a vacuum or a mop, as that already exists. This kind of has to be uh, a new idea for a robot. Paul, we'll start with you. So I was thinking about the robots that I already have, which most people don't think of as robots, like a washing machine. Like That's basically a laundry robot. It's not great. like It doesn't do the whole process, but it takes a whole lot of the grunt work out of it, uh, out of washing your clothes. And even better than that to me is the dishwashing robot, which is just your dishwasher. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what that doesn't do is put your dishes away. So I want uh, maybe just like, I don't know, a set of arms or something that plop down in the in the (laughs) kitchen and and put the dishes away because I find it really tedious to, you know, uh, grab the forks and grab the knives and so on and so forth. So my 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 single purpose robot will be the dish putter away. You know, it's funny, Paul, I just moved into a a house that has a dishwasher for the first time. I've had one in more than 15 years, probably close to 20. And it's great. So I haven't yet reached that point of being like sick of putting the dishes away because I'm like, this washes all the dishes. This is amazing. Um, but, but what it does, the wrinkle that has been added is I used to live in a one bedroom apartment. We now live in a two floor house, which means all of the kitchen is no longer on the same floor as any of the other like places I spend a lot of time. So my office is now upstairs. And that means if I want to get a drink of water or a cup of tea or something like that, I got to go all the way downstairs. I got to start the tea thing and then like, Sometimes I have to either wait or go back upstairs until the tea is ready and then go back downstairs and get the tea and then come back upstairs. So what I need is a robot that can traverse <laughs> the stairs, can get me my beverages, can bring them upstairs at the press of a button. Uh, and this will all be really bad because it means I get less workout by not going up and down the stairs all the time. But uh, I will I will get more beverages. So really, that's the important part. <laughs> Caitlin, what about you? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I was thinking about this and... I really, really like to cook, but I hate to chop things. Like, I just find that part so tedious. Um, so a robot that can just, like, you know, dice some onions, mince some garlic, that would be ideal. I know you can buy that stuff, like, pre-done for you, but it doesn't taste the same, I don't think. Um, so that's first on my list. And secondly, I was thinking, you know, a robot that just, like, entertains you. Like, if you're bored, you're like, hey, like, let's play a game, like trivia, or like, I don't know, like a a robot that performs on command, I think would be ideal for me personally. Uh, I would love that chopper robot. I think that's a great idea because you're absolutely yeah. right. You buy the the like jarred garlic or you buy oh the... so bad. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. not compare mm-hmm. at all. And so you end up doing it yourself begrudgingly. So yes, the idea of being able to have what they could chop for you would be great. Um, for me, it would be uh, a robot that could take the dogs out to use the restroom. I would do the walking, but one that just, you know, opened the door, took them out to use the restroom to walk around because I don't have a yard right now 
because California, ugh. Um, and uh, it's my yard, basically, is what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, it would just take the dogs out to, to use the restroom. It realized that they were done and then bring them back inside and uh, we'd move on with our lives. It'd be great. Um, thank you all for playing in that fun little game I set up. Uh, and let us move along to our final topic, which comes from Paul. So my question is, I realized as I was writing it that uh, I'm not sure if it will apply to everyone. So I added a caveat to it. But how often do you replace your Apple Watch or other smartwatch? And if you don't have either of those, how often do you replace your smartphone? I do have an Apple Watch. I am on my second Apple Watch. I had an original, aka what we call now the sort of the Series Zero when it came out. Uh, and I now have a Series 4, which is three years old. And so you might be tempted to think, ah, three years, I must be updating my Apple Watch. I have not yet decided whether or not I will go from a Series 4 to a Series 7. Part of me is pretty happy with my Series 4. I think the only thing I don't have on it is the always-on screen that they introduced right. the next year. Um, and there's some other stuff as well, but that's like kind of the big draw. And I find that compared to people I know who do have a Series 5 and later, my Series 4 lasts all day battery life pretty easily. So I may wait it out. Um, I haven't found that like there's a lot of you know uh, huge improvements that have made me like, oh, I need to go out and get that one immediately. I think the, the biggest one, as I'm sure Michael will tell you when we come around to him, is that the, there's a green model in the, the Series mm-hmm. 7s, which is uh, pretty, pretty <laughs> cool. Pretty cool. Caitlin, what about you? So given that my job is to review a lot of products, I have to admit that I'm pretty much just cycle through things as they are sent to me and I'm not on a traditional upgrade schedule anymore. Um, but when I was, I used to upgrade like every other year just to, you know, stay current with stuff. But this year, I think you're right, Dan, the series seven, nothing about it is calling to me. I haven't tried it out yet. Um, I believe it's coming out next week, so I'm curious to, to check it out, but, um, yeah, it just seems super iterative. So I, I think next year's watch will be extremely cool. Um, and in terms of phones, I, I do think the 13 pro is worth upgrading to. Um, but I, yeah, I think again, next year will definitely be cooler. I, hearing all of these rumors before you can buy something is just, it makes everything so complicated because it used to be like, oh, this thing is really cool. And then in a couple months, we'd hear rumors about the next thing. And now it's like, do I wait until 2023 for the phone? I don't, I don't know. Like the 2023 phone sounds really cool. (laughs) It's gotten so complicated. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That, that, that part where you just, you're already ready for the next thing. Um, I would not, if, if I did not have the job that I had, I would not upgrade my watch every year. I think, right. um, in the before times, I would upgrade my watch. Uh, I remember going from the series zero to, I think the series, three or four because there was um i think i can't remember what it was that that made me upgrade that first time and then one year i did choose to upgrade to the next year of watch um even though i had just used one before uh because the heart stuff had improved so much and at the time i was um dealing with uh we we thought it was afib um and so it was very important for me to have that but uh I yeah, I definitely would not make that upgrade every day um, if it wasn't for the fact that I do it for work and uh, have that, you know, uh, I'm lucky to be able to have that done through work. Uh, Paul, what about you? Well, so so to 
to set it up. I am on the iPhone upgrade plan, so I get a new phone every year. And that's mostly for the camera. And the watch doesn't has not had anything that every year was like, OK, I got to get that. I got to get that. Uh, so I've but I have wound up on this sort of stupid two year cycle where I got the original and then the next one that I got, uh, I got because it had GPS and I run mm-hmm. with the watch a lot. Uh, and then they improved the size. I like the smaller uh, 40 millimeter. And then uh, I guess I pr- at that point, I probably should have should have held on to the series four like Dan did. Uh, but I wound up getting last year's the series six uh, and getting the always on display. So I felt that every couple of years there was something interesting enough uh, or enough interesting things had been added that it was worth it to me. But even every two years feels too often to me. And I don't I, I've managed to sell the old ones and, and you know, pass them on to somebody who's going to use them, which is good. Uh, but I don't feel great about it. Uh, so I'm I'm sort of I'll be interested to see in the next few years if the pace of innovation on this slows down because the original was very much a proof of concept and didn't have GPS, didn't have an always-on display, didn't have a whole lot of things. And they've added to me, I don't this this will sound stupid in you know one or two years, but they've added everything that I can think of that they need. <laughs> uh, whereas the phone took a lot longer to get to that point to me, and even now the camera keeps improving so much that I find it worth it to get a new one. Uh, so I, I, I'm hoping that I can slow down the pace of these updates, but I do worry about the battery life uh, because this the the watch doesn't have a replaceable battery, so uh, at least not user replaceable. So I'll be interested to see in the in the next few years what if if they do come out with more things that I say, you know what, I do want that, or if if I'm able to slow down the pace of these updates. All right, that's four topics down. Uh, we have just enough time for a bonus topic. But before we get there, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. Today's internet users expect a fast web experience. No matter how targeted your marketing content, how sleek your website is, they'll bounce if a page is loading too slow. But with real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance affects your visitors' experience. So you can take action before your business is impacted, all for as low as $10 a month. Whether your visitors are dispersed around the world or across browsers, devices, and platforms, Pingdom helps you identify bottlenecks, troubleshoot performance, and make informed optimizations. Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, so it's built for scalability. That means you can afford to uh, you can monitor millions of page views, not just sample data, at an affordable price. Get live site performance visibility today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash relayfm right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to buy, use the code clockwise at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, bonus topic time. As you can tell, I'm on a bit of a house kick. So I'm curious, do your windows have shades, curtains, blinds, both, neither? What's your window treatment situation, Caitlin? Um, I have a shade situation. Um, I would like to get some curtains, but... I just get really overwhelmed by the thought of like measuring a lot of windows. Um, and I have a, I have a lot of windows, uh, specifically in my living room. It's like full wall of windows. And that just seems mm. like a nightmare to deal with, but it is on my list. I'm thinking really hard about it. I just haven't <laughs> quite gotten there yet. Uh, but I love curtains. Yes. Love them. Uh, it depends on the room for me. In my office, uh, I just have blinds or shades, depending um, on how you call them. And then, but in the bedroom, it's uh, both curtains as well as shades. Um, and so, yeah, it just it depends on kind of how much light I want to block out. In most cases, I can kind of do one or the other. Uh, but certainly in the bedroom, it is important to have complete darkness at night. Uh, Paul, what about you? 
Well, it's very clear that Dan is a new homeowner. <laughs> His entire <laughs> life is revolving around this. And, and uh, so, Dan, I want you to be aware of top-down, bottom-up cordless shades. Oh, yeah. That's, that's like the, the, it's not that new anymore, but that's the hot new technology in shades. Uh, that's what you want. Uh, you won't regret it. But uh, I, I mostly have shades or nothing. Uh, and I've for years been considering, and it's interesting that no one mentioned this on this, uh, on this show that I've been considering uh, electronic shades. So, and mm-hmm, even smart mm-hmm. shades, but even before that, there were, you know, uh, like just remote controlled shades. And this is a, an area where it seems pretty nice to have a little technology. If you could just, when you wake up, you can say, Oh, open the shades for me. Or, uh, you know, if you're trying to take a nap in the middle of the day and you want to close the shades, you don't have to get up to do it. But everything I've seen with these is that it's sort of bulky and doesn't work super well. And, uh, you either need to run a bunch of electricity or you need to use battery powered shades, which obviously you need to replace the batteries on relatively frequently. So that's uh, I'm interested that nobody thus far has any sort of electronic or smart shades. And Dan, I'm curious if you're looking at those. Uh, you know what? I kind of wish I had. We did. I just put in a bunch of uh, top down, bottom up shades, um, bottom down, top up one of those uh, in our bedroom. Um, and, uh, just some normal, uh, like pull down ones in my office. Cause I don't need the, the, the bot top down part as much there, but we'll probably put in some top down stuff on our first floor. Cause it looks out onto the street. Um, it's remarkably expensive to buy, <laughs> to buy stuff for yeah. your windows. So I, yeah. I did not look, I, I looked briefly at the motorized stuff and the smart stuff, uh, and could not find anything that would work for us on a budget. But I like, yep. like Paul, as soon as I understand, I, I installed these, I was like, oh, you know, it'd be great if I could control these from, from my phone or something. <laughs> right. Ah! Anyways, in a few years, we'll get there. All right. That is all we have time for today. All that remains is to thank our fantastic guests. Caitlin McGarry, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Pleasure as always. And Paul Kafasis, thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad to be here. Thanks a lot. And Michael will be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>